it is Holly here. I'm just doing a very quick pop in just like we did a couple of weeks ago to let you know that we do talk about eating disorders as well as other mental health issues in this episode. So I just wanted to be a little bit of a trigger warning that we do talk about those topics and issues with May in this episode. Um, we dive into quite a bit with uh, depression, anxiety, and eating disorders specifically. So just wanted to be here as a guiding light, letting you know before you get into this episode what is upcoming. If this is an episode that is not for you, that is okay. Know that we all honor each other in our different spaces and places, and we will see you in the next episode if needed. Sending you so much love and always here for you. Welcome back to Get Fitty With It, guys. I am your co-host, Holly Stark. And I'm your co-host, Mary Sorensen. And today we didn't even plan it, but we are matching. So you know the vibes are (laughs) high today. (laughs) Maroon life. Exactly. So we actually have a very cool guest. We went international for the first time. So Mary, tell us, since you found this guest, let tell us a little bit about who she is, how you found her, um, and just what we're going to be talking about today. Get fitty with it worldwide, wide, wide, wide. <laughs> what's that? Um, what's that? Sean Paul, is that his name? Yeah. International, international, international. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I actually found May on TikTok because as you guys have heard in previous episodes, I'm obsessed with, obsessed with the talk. I get down those rabbit holes and I say it in this episode, but I was down if you like if you're on TikTok, which like who's not on TikTok now, um, you get down my these fiance. rabbit holes. Yeah, my fiance too. Well, <laughs> Sorry. We'll just ignore them though. They're they're not internet people. Like if you're an internet person, you know. Um, if you know, you know. That's what um, I'm just say. <laughs> we're on the same wavelength because yeah. the telepathy is here. Um, but anyway, so I went down a TikTok rabbit hole, which like if you know, like the for you page kind of starts to put down, like if you're looking at a bunch of like healthy recipes like it'll start like giving you like more healthy recipes or like yeah like that like the same content so I was kind of down that rabbit hole of like seeing people like counting calories and things like that and it's it can sometimes stress you out and like trigger you in a way where it's you know you guys know my history with like counting and Holly's history with like counting macros and things like that um and then one of May's TikToks popped up and it was talking about EDs and I guess we should have a trigger warning. I think we probably will put it in the beginning of this, but um, it just, it was talking about eating disorders and how like, just because you see things online and you don't need to like follow them and things like that. And then I like went to her page and started looking and it's actually her foundations page. So it's um, let's stop the shame. And it just like opened my eyes to like, oh my gosh, they're doing so much. Like they're making these TikToks that are so relevant and they're touching on so many different topics of not even just like eating disorders, but like abusive relationships, mental health. And like, it really resonated with me for our podcast. And I was like, I've got to reach out to them because, and I didn't even know she was in Amsterdam when I, I knew she had an accent, but I didn't know like where she was from. Yeah. Um, and so when she was like, oh, we're like, this is our time zone. And we were trying to like figure out the interview. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool because we obviously have never interviewed anybody internationally and then I find out that she's so young and she owns her own foundation and I just thought that it really vibed with what we try to share to people and so I was like Holly we're doing this we're having her on and so we were about to get up at like 4 a.m to meet with her um luckily we made it work so that it was nine our time for her time (laughs) but we were like ready to like I was like I want her on so badly so yeah yeah she was such a an interesting guest and and we've talked about with so many guests like different mental health issues and and you know different not even maybe directly eating disorders but kind of like disordered eating Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Yeah, it can be similar and they can be different um and so it was it was really exciting to talk to someone who has more of a professional take on this like Mm -hmm. this is her her charity and her foundation that she runs so Mm -hmm. it was really exciting to kind of get to someone or get to talk to someone who's more in that space of coming at it from not just a personal space Mm -hmm. but also that professional space so um and I know like reading on her site like I know I saw a bunch of like certifications and degrees and sort of stuff that she has in it so it's like she's actually like educated and trained in these areas yes Mm -hmm. um along with having her own personal experience so yeah I was really excited once you introduced me to her Mm -hmm. um and just seeing like all of the stuff she focuses on like obviously with me having depression and anxiety like I gravitate towards 
learning about that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when I started finding her videos and, her, you know, stuff like that about that sort of stuff that made me even more excited to talk with her. So it's a really good episode. It's very mm-hmm. informational. Um, and you just get to hear a little bit more about May's story as well and kind of get to know who she is as a person rather than just who her charity and who, like who her foundation is, which is mm-hmm. exciting. Absolutely. Um, but before we get into that, Mary, we've got a few things we need to discuss this morning. First, what are you grateful for? It's Sunday, Sunday gratitudes. <laughs> um, today I am grateful for my niece. So I saw her yesterday twice. And let me tell you, she's got a little bit of an attitude already. She's six months and she just started going to daycare. And so she does not care about any of us anymore. Adults, no thank you. <laughs> she has friends now. Like she's already that little like teenager. And so funny. yesterday she was like, you guys again, because we walked with her in the morning and then we saw her again at night. She's like, can anybody bring my friends around? But like, she's just so cute. And when she like, she really likes jumping right now. And she was like jumping on my legs, like while I was sitting down and I thought about it and I was like, you know, if I had the skinniest thighs in the world, this little girl couldn't hop like this on there. So bigger thighs, thick thighs, save lives. Yes. So that just like made me like happy about like my own body and like what I can do for my niece. And like, I know you talk about it all the time with your niece where it's just like, it gives me a new why, like whether it's for me to have kids in the, like in the future, if that's like what I so choose or just like to be there as a really good aunt to my niece and just like her smile just changes everything. So I'm very grateful for her because she not only like brings me joy, but it also like reminds me of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So I love that. That's mine. What are you grateful for, Holly? I'm grateful for, so this morning I've just had like a, a slow morning, um, which has been nice. So I, I woke up at like 6.15. So kind of my normal time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a long cuddle with Miss Pooty on the couch. Oh. We had some coffee. We watched some Because Marissa I thought you were going to say like Brandon. <laughs> no. But no, Pooty. No, Miss Pooty. Miss Pooty. Miss <laughs> P. Uh, me and Miss P cuddled on the couch, had some coffee, watched some Marissa Lace, uh, played some Animal Crossing. You know, it was, it was a good, good time. And then I went and did a Kundalini meditation already this morning. So just feeling yes. very open and high vibey. So, and the weather is supposed to be just really nice today. So I'm just really kind of feeling into this Sunday. Honestly, I'm just grateful for the Sunday and I don't have a lot to do today, like besides my normal meal prep kind of stuff. So I just want to sit outside, read my book. I love it. Do all the things. And by that, I I mean, do none of the things and just be outside. (laughs) This is a perfect day for like, just chilling. Exactly. I will not be doing that, but very, I'll live vicariously through you. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And since this episode is going to come out right before we get into June and you guys will hear our like June intentions and stuff like that, um, a little bit, a couple days into the month, we also wanted to just share like kind of our biggest June goal, I guess you could say. So for you, what is that going to look like, Mary? Um, June is going to be my like really dig deep because, okay. So April, I got it together with like workouts. May, I'm really getting it together with like tracking my food and eating properly and like doing that kind of stuff. And then June is just going to be, because we talk about this all the time about like starting slow and don't do everything at once. Um, So June is going to be my month now that I'm getting those, like I've got those two things kind of on track. June is going to be like my wake up early. Everybody listen, listen up. Okay. It's going to be my wake up early and get shit done month. So I'm looking forward to waking up earlier because it is going to be nicer out. The sun, you know, is already out sooner. Um, but it's been so dreary here on certain, like, it's been pretty cold. Like we've had maybe three good days in the past, like couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, it's going to be nice. And so it's just going to be like, I'm going to wake up early and whether I work out in the morning or if I just want to like sit and read or do a meditation or just like be outside, that is what my plan is for June. So that's like my big goal that. for June is like getting up early. Yeah. I think that's so. a great goal. And we know that I've tried and failed this many, many times, but I think it's because everything wasn't on track. Mm-hmm. And so like, I was trying to like, just be like, okay, like I'm going to do everything all at once. And that never worked. It would be like crumbling 
burst into flames. It's fine. But now that I think I got it. So that is my goal. Holly, what is your big goal for June? I I kind of want to steal that one. That's a good one. I've been thinking a lot about like I wake up earlier, but anyway, I mean the last last week I slept in a couple days, almost like 6 45, 7, which is very late for me. Mm-hmm. And I would like I would wake up and I'd be like, what the hell? Um but I wake up early a lot of times but mm-hmm. I've just been very lazy in the mornings like Same. I just sit on the couch and like some days I start at eight but some days I start at nine and it's like or on one day I start at 10 so it's like a lot of time two days a week I have to be on at eight like the rest of the days I until nine and then I'm waking up at like 6 15 like mm-hmm. I'm just doing nothing for three hours yeah basically, besides like showering and stuff you know but so getting up a little bit earlier I think in June and um same thing like if I can if I would do my workout great but if I wait till lunch, like I have been, that's fine too. But mm-hmm. whether it's reading or just sitting outside and having my coffee, like I just want to mix things up. I just feel like the need to mix up energy. And I think yeah. that it's easier to add a little bit of time into your morning, especially when I'm already up rather mm-hmm. than trying to fit things in later in the day. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think I'm going to kind of steal that, make it my own. I love that. Um, see what we can do with it, you know? So yeah, I think so. Cause like you said, like, it's not like I don't get up early. It's that I don't get out of bed and I don't do anything. Yeah. And so it's like, we always talk about like our reading habits have not been great. Like not reading um, when we say that we're going to read. And it's like, that would be one thing that we could like knock out in the morning if we want to like get right. up, go outside. Like you said, have your coffee. I'm going to steal that from you. Love that idea. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be good. And if we're yeah. both doing it, we can keep each other on track. So I love exactly. that. And I'm almost done with my book, finally, of the Goddess <laughs> Revolution. So I got a new book to start, Comparisonitis, Ooh. brand new book by Melissa Ambrosini. Yes. And so excited to, I'm really excited to start that book because I just freaking love her. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's helping me like wanting to get more into this mm-hmm. routine is because I'm very excited to read that book and I'm almost done with my current one. <laughs> finally <laughs> after like five months of the year yeah I think this is gonna be good I'm excited for us yeah so that's what we have going on so let's go ahead and dive into our episode with Miss May 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 Kelly oh my god that's what I call my niece Miss May May <laughs> she's Sorry, just coming May. up with nicknames over here um anyways let's jump into our interview with May Kelly and we'll see you guys on the other side all right, guys, we are back and we have another amazing guest today. We have Miss May Callie. So can we start with just telling us a little bit about yourself, May, who you are, what you do and what you're all about? Yeah, first, first of all, thanks for inviting me. Um, so, so my name is May. Um, I'm Dutch. I live in Amsterdam. And um, yeah, I run my own mental health charity. It's called Let's Break the Shame. And um, yeah, we do a lot of things to uh, encourage people to open up the conversation about specific mental health topics uh, and to help them. And um, yeah, that's a bit what I do in my daily life. (laughs) I love it. And so how did you get started? Like what made you want to create Let's Break the Shame and sort of how did that piece start for you? Yeah. And how long has it been going on? Um, For two years now. Uh, I started it two years ago because I've been struggling with a lot of things mentally for a long time and I felt like I didn't, yeah, like I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Sure. Um, and um, yeah, as I got older, I realized there were a lot more people who felt that way. And um, I've also, I've seen a lot of professionals, I've seen a lot of psychologists, but there was always something that I felt that was missing. And it was like creating a bond with people who uh, experience the same and were going through the same. So I wanted to create that sort of help for other people so that they feel less lonely. So that's how it started. Um, I initially started it as a side hustle just on Instagram with uh, sharing stories and all that, but it grew quite quickly. So um, yeah, I decided to do a lot more projects like workshops at schools and companies as well. So it's just a lot more than just the socials out there. Um, yeah, that's a bit how it's, how it started. That's awesome. So with your workshops, cause I know when I was looking on the website, I saw a bunch of like listings. So I saw all different topics and stuff. So what do you guys like, or is it more of like a lecture workshop? Do you guys have different styles of workshops? Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. 
Um, so ideally, we do not give one workshop, uh, but we would rather like um, set an agreement on, okay, we uh, do like four times a year or uh, set up a sort of contract for sure. a longer time. Mm -hmm. um, but if we do one-time workshops, we ask the company if there's any topics that uh, they want us to focus on, because we don't really know if the company is, uh, you know, maybe they're facing a lot of burnouts, for example, so then we know we can focus on that. Sure. And then we use our own expertise. Uh, so what we have gone through, what has helped us um, in our workshop, but we also stress a lot of importance on why talking is important and why listening is important and not always giving advice or saying things like, yeah, well, I've had a bad day too. It will all be all right. Like it couldn't do a lot of harm to someone opening up. So we really focus on the people who are struggling, but also on the people who they might go to when they're struggling so that both parties know how they can help each other out. I love that. I love that companies are taking advantage of that because I think that there's so many things like here in America, like we have like anti-harassment trainings and things like that, but it could be so detrimental to someone like you just said to be like, oh, well, you're just upset, get over it. Whereas there's so much more that's deeper behind that. So the fact that companies are taking advantage of that and like doing this for their companies or their uh, employees is so amazing. I think that that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like yeah. we don't see that as much in America. No, <laughs> we don't. Well, to be honest, we're still setting it up here as well. It's really hard to not necessarily convince, but to show companies that they need it. Sure. So um, it's not as if companies are coming at us at the moment we're still we still have to actively like um pitch ourselves and uh, a lot of companies still think they don't need us um but yeah we're not giving up <laughs> <laughs> which yeah which is so sad to hear that too i mean do you find like do you mostly search for companies or do you do like schools and things like that too uh, yeah, we're also talking to schools. Um, right now, we're mostly talking to universities. Um, and it's tough with them, too, because quite often they're like, yeah, but we we have a page students can go to and then they can see what other websites they can go to. And they feel like they're not responsible for the mental well-being of their students. Mm -hmm. um, but there's quite a few universities right now who are at least open to have a conversation with let's break the shame so that's a step on its own I think um but I think a lot of schools are still they still have the mindset like okay we're just here to teach them things like uh either degree related or in high school just maths or whatever mm -hmm. and not necessarily topics that you know are about life <laughs> so that's that's tough at times and um it's also quite hard for un people to understand that they need us because we're the ones who really understand what someone's going through. And from my own experience, I can tell right away if someone just doesn't know what I'm talking about. And the minute you sense that, you just don't wanna open up to the person anymore because you're like, what, what's it gonna help? Um, and I think that's quite often underestimated. Oh, Holly, we can't hear you. <laughs> Sorry, I muted myself. <laughs> um, more of like the business side of things. So with the workshops, I was, I know I was reading like on your site that it's you and someone else that kind of run. Iris, like, right? Break shame. Yeah. So is it just you two that run the workshops? Did you guys build out a team? How, like, how have you taken on that piece of the business? There's actually a lot of people working on the workshops because okay. it's in a big process uh, setting up the workshops. Um, uh, it's more than just doing the workshop on its own. Sure. Um, so we're with quite a lot of people with a lot. I mean, there's like five or six people working on it. And then depending on the topic, we could invite volunteers there. We have about 20 volunteers right now. So if there's something really specific, um, let's say something related to um, let me think. <laughs> I was going to say depression, but then it would also be me who was going to be there. Um, but for example, if it's school related and it's about inner child healing, for example, uh, we have a volunteer who could, she's also a coach. So we could also uh, take her along with us. So okay. it's not just me and the team who work on a daily basis on the workshops. Um, and 
I also think that's very important because it's not, I, uh, I might be the face of the foundation, but I'm not the person doing everything. There are so many mm-hmm. people working with us and I also want that diversity to be there. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Like just bringing in other people. And I think it just kind of brings that diversity too to any of your workshops because you're going to hear more than just one person coming, you know, coming at you. So I think that's really cool that you guys bring on other people who aren't necessarily full-time working for you. Um, I was reading on your, sorry, Mary, were you going to say something? No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was reading on your site that you started dealing with like depression and anxiety when you were like early teen. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that because I didn't start developing my anxiety until like later teens and then depression when I was in my early twenties. So what was it like for you when you kind of started to realize that something wasn't quite right or you know, you, like, what was that for you being so young? Or like a caveat now that you know so much about mental health, do you see that you struggled when you were 13 or did you know in that moment that you were struggling? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I look at it now, I think I was actually struggling before I was 13. Um, but 13 was when I went to a psychologist for the first time. So in my head, it's like, okay, that's when it started. But with knowing what I know now, I think it already started before that age. But um, for me, it was very difficult to understand what I was feeling. Uh, At the time, I didn't really trust my psychologist either, or at least the person didn't make me feel at ease um, all the time. So Mm it felt like I was weird and I was strange. And at the same time, it felt like maybe everyone goes through this. So it was just something that I just didn't really know what was going on. And um, I got the diagnosis depression, but then no one really talked about it with me. So to me, it was like, there's this word that people use. And of course I was old enough to know a bit about what depression is. I didn't know there were so many other things that um, were related to it. And there were so many emotions and thoughts. And um, back then I really didn't have the freedom or didn't feel like I had the freedom to talk about it, whether that was at home or with professionals, just nowhere. So I think at the time I just really thought maybe it will get better when I'm older. Maybe this is part of being a teen. And now I know that's um, that I really deserved to get more help back then. Yeah. Cause I would say like, I know, like for me, like I said, I developed anxiety later in my teens and it was, you know, I was like 18 or 19 at the time. And like, even at that time I was like, okay, like what's going on with me, what's wrong with me. So I feel like if, you know, being so much younger and like, especially as you're still like learning about these types of topics and trying to wrap your mind around them, like, it's just so interesting to talk to someone who had that experience. So I just appreciate you being very open about it because I know it's getting more common to talk about mental health and and depression and anxiety and other mental health issues. But it's just a lot of times I still see like people like me, which is fine, but who developed it later in life. So to hear it from someone who has been dealing with it for probably most of their life and didn't know it, you know, I just think I just appreciate you for putting that out there and sharing that. So I know that was very rambly, but I appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I know there's a lot of um, things out there for mental health these days, but I still think in a lot of environments, it's still not allowed or okay to talk about it. Definitely. So I think especially me um, and let's break the shame uh, on social, for example, we're only surrounded by people who spread things about mental health. Mm -hmm. But then when I go to my personal account, I'm not in that bubble or community. So I see there's so many more people who are not necessarily against it, but just not open to it or just don't really know what's going on. So I think uh, there is a lot lot of things happening, but there's also a lot of things not happening yet. Definitely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And this might be a little bit personal, But when you were 13 and you were, you know, realizing something was not right and you were feeling these things, how did you have that conversation with your parent? Because I feel like sometimes adults are so 
absent to how kids are feeling because they're just supposed to be kids and be happy and be whatever. They can't have depression or anxiety or things like that. How is that conversation with your parents about going to see someone? It's a question I get quite often. And I honestly, I, I really don't remember how that, how that went because, um, it started in high school and then I got sent to um, a social worker at school. And then that person told me, I think quite quickly already, that I uh, that she wanted to refer me to a psychologist. So I went down that way. Okay. Um, of course, my GP was involved in as well because you have to get like all the- the, the Girls. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> And I know my parents were involved as well because I was 13, but mm-hmm. I don't remember having any conversation with them about it. Um, m- maybe I blocked it, but, <laughs> but no, that's a, it sounds like it, it kind of came to you in a sense rather than you having to bring it forward. So that does make sense. Yeah. And I've always been, I wouldn't say a troubled kid, but there was always whenever since I was young, um my parents had a lot of conversation with my teachers because I felt like there was no challenge in the classroom so then I went to see this person to test my IQ and everything so I think my parents were kind of used to me going to people (laughs) or institutions so I think to them it was just maybe another yeah person I had to see sure sure and I know that recently you've kind of blown up on TikTok Mm -hmm. um so how has that growth for you, Ben, and for the business, Ben, and, and to have such what seems like quick growth. And just such a, I mean, we're here in America and I mean, I see your TikToks all the time and yeah, that's why I want to reach out. <laughs> yeah. So how does yeah, that feel? <laughs> I love your TikToks. I love every single one of them. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, we started in September that's when we created like September last year that's when we created an account and back then it was just me but I was just so uncomfortable because to me I think a lot of people have this had this in the beginning it felt like a platform for kids yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I was just like am I really going to put myself or the charity out there Um, and then more people got involved in the TikToks I think September October we didn't really upload anything but then as of November um iris also joined making the videos and it's just so much more fun making it with the two of us even though barely together like we're barely in the same environment (laughs) but um it's so much fun and um yeah it's been crazy because there's videos which we really like and they get like zero likes (laughs) (laughs) they do get likes but like and there's other videos that we don't consider as uh yeah as content that could go viral and then it goes viral um and it's yeah it's crazy how how it went so fast and I really didn't realize that a lot of people would find us on TikTok there's a lot of people who send us emails or request us to do something like podcasts but also documentaries or just projects to work on and I really didn't think TikTok would be the platform that people would where people would find us so it's really nice. Um, but yeah, on the other hand, we also do get a lot of hate on TikTok. So that's it's- what the next question was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? You guys do put so much of like, do, like, it, eat, like eating disorders, mental health, relationship advice, they all well, not advice, but talking about abusive relationships and things like that. How does that feel when you're trying to help people in those situations? Is it hate towards you guys for putting it out there or is it hate towards the general idea of what you're talking about? Do you feel like? I think it's hate to the general idea. Um, based on the, the comments that we get, I think, cause I talk about it with Iris all the time because we see it happening and there's three to four other people involved with TikTok as well um just behind the scenes and we talk Mm -hmm. about them as as well and I think most people that reply in the way that they reply is because they are not in the environment where it's accepted to talk about it and um they don't accept that they're struggling Mm -hmm. so if anything I think I might have thought that when I was 13 
I don't think I would ever commented it, but <laughs> I think I might have thought like, okay, but I don't have an eating disorder, um, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but then there's also other people who really hate on us for the fact that we, they think that we generalize or, um, yeah, things like that. But we never generalize. We we stress so many times that we we just want to start the conversation, and we never say that all people have this or mm -hmm. do. We really stress a lot of people or most people or some people like we would never say the entire population does this or has this um but yeah and sometimes people also comment on our faces <laughs> so oh, then geez. it gets personal um but yeah it's just the positive comments and the people that we help they're they're so much more than the negative ones so yeah sometimes it hurts but then we also realize why we're doing it yeah. yeah, and I would say from seeing so many of your TikToks, like, I don't think that you make it sound like you're talking about everybody at all. Like a lot of it seems like either personal experience or just something that maybe is a misconception about eating disorders. So that's crazy that people say that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think when people are just closed off, like you were saying, it, it's it's hard to see things. And even if you're saying, well, most people or a handful of people with XYZ, like so many people that are dealing with that, that aren't accepting that are like, well, no, I'm not like it, it just becomes so defensive. And then just with the cover of the internet in general, it's just so easy to, I'll just throw it out there. And I don't, I don't care who's going to have to read it or be on the other side of that. So mm -hmm. um, I think it just becomes a, a tricky situation, but I think it's important that you guys keep coming back to, okay, but we're helping so many people because obviously at the end of the day, you don't want those people to, to stop you um, because what you're doing is much more important than that. Uh, yeah. And I think um, there's a lot of people who appreciate our content and there's also a lot of people who message us personally. So we know why we're doing it and we know we're helping people. And there's also some videos, if we're talking about EDs, for example, there's a lot of people who share their fitness journey on TikTok, mm -hmm. talk mm -hmm. about the number of calories and everything. And we also try to um, uh, create videos in which we want to tell them, not personally, but um, we want to tell those people that, you know, it can trigger people, especially on TikTok, where you don't really have an influence on who shows up on your For You page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it might just show up there and it could trigger someone so badly. Definitely. Yeah. As I say, I've seen some creators recently, like when they are talking about certain content, almost put like a little warning at the beginning. And I think because of the plat a platform like TikTok, I think that's so important. I know even like in our episodes, like if we're talking about eating disorder or something like that, we always try to put like some type of disclaimer. I think it's important because you never know what someone may be going through in, in that moment. And I don't want to be that trigger for someone who's not expecting mm -hmm. to have that happen in their day. Yeah, uh, I think that what you guys are doing to to break up what's going on on TikTok, because somehow well, I'm on diet TikTok or like fitness TikTok just because of my interests. And I think that going through and like swiping through all those people who are, you know, trigger sometimes for counting calories, or this is how I lost this much weight or things like that. That's how I got to your guys's page. And that was so helpful and such a detox from all of that going on. So I think that it's good that you guys are putting out the content that you're putting out in regards to ED, because some people could be going through a line of that and thinking that that's okay, or thinking that that's what they have to do. And then they come to your page, you know, so I think that you guys like keep doing what you're doing, you know, because I think it does break up that line of, I don't know what to call it, the reel of TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. But um, yeah, TikTok, it's, a, it's an interesting platform. And sometimes it takes us so much time to take, to create one TikTok. And I we have imagine. so many bloopers, even though we're talking about serious topic, topics, but in the moment, sometimes we just mess it up and yeah. It's, it's also funny to create the content. So it's, yeah, also nice for us to do. Yeah, it's getting that creative side going too, just for you guys, a different subject matter or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. I guess, and with that, you guys talk about so many serious topics, like you said. And when did it, 
I guess because you had the foundation, it kind of gave you that comfortability to be talking about this. But I guess with the toxicity that sometimes the internet can bring, how did it become comfortable to start talking about like more openly on TikTok where you know that you're gonna get both positive and negative comments? I think the moment where I didn't have to do it on my own anymore. So the moment mm -hmm. I, uh, like we set up a team and sometimes, you know, it still happens that we get a comment and then I panic and I'm like, oh no, maybe I did it wrong. Like did something wrong. Maybe I need to delete the video and then I can just share it with the team and then they can calm me down <laughs> and it works the other way around too. So whenever something happens, we just share it in the chat and then um, you know, sometimes people get upset, they just have to rent for a bit and then it's fine. And sometimes we just talk about it. Um, so I think the moment, like we know we all have each other's back uh, and that's just, that's what matters. And um, as long as we have that, then uh, yeah, what someone says far, far away from us that in a negative way, that really doesn't matter. Absolutely. And if you're comfortable, could you tell us a little bit more about like your eating disorder journey and like sort of how that looked, how you realized what you were going through and like sort of that process for you with realizing? Uh, yeah, sure. I, um, my, my eating disorder journey has been, of course, it's been a real struggle, but it's always also been a real struggle with actually saying I have an eating disorder um, because I've also been struggling with food ever since I was like 13. Um, but yeah, at the time I really thought that I had to be skinny to be cool, mm -hmm. to belong to a group or to have friends. And um, I didn't really have a stable group of friends back then. And the people I wanted to be friends with, they were all really skinny. So that was also what I had in mind. And that in combination with just a lot of things that happened at that age um that's where i started developing like a disordered eating pattern um but i was really scared to talk about it because in society so many people think that you need to be underweight to have an eating disorder mm -hmm. uh, and i wasn't underweight so i thought it wasn't a big deal um, so I didn't talk about that, I think, until I was 19, maybe. Um, and then when I opened up, it was always just seen as part of my depression, um, mm -hmm. which is fair because they have a lot of things in common. Sure. Um, but I never got the diagnosis eating disorder. Um, then I think like two months ago, I got so... <laughs> stressed about it and so my emotions were very high and um I still go to therapy so I talked about it in therapy and uh I just cried because I told them like yeah for like 10 years now or like it's been eight or nine but uh, I've been like every day is such a battle with food and I'm not allowed to do this and I need to work out so many times and I can only have this many calories mm -hmm. and then we also talked about why are you afraid to talk about it so I told them that the the label in a way was very important to me even though I don't have a strong connection with labels um but yeah then we talked about it and then they also said it's okay if you say that you have an eating disorder because you clearly have one just because uh -huh. it's not there doesn't always mean it's not there um so that's when I openly started to talk about it and um now I know that I have one and it's easier actually because I can talk about it and I also know there's not just I knew that beforehand but still if society just hits all these things back at you like oh stop counting or don't worry about it then it's just mm -hmm. like okay maybe I'm I'm crazy or right whatever. um so it's getting easier now and especially working with people who have an ED as well really helps because you just get to see that everyone yeah, recovers in a different way. And there is not one good or bad way. It's just everyone has their own way. And it's nice to share that with people. Um, but it's still hard for me, I think, to talk about it with friends, because when I'm with friends, I still, I usually eat what they eat as well. So then in my head, it's like, do you really have an eating disorder? Or, But then I come home and then 
or even before that, I already start counting. And then if it doesn't match up in my head, then I'm going to punish myself. And yeah, it's just super complex. And I think that's what makes it hard for other people to understand as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, I feel like I've been in, in even some of those similar situations where I've questioned like how I'm eating, you know, for so long, but then it's like, I go out with friends or with family and I'm eating the same things. And I'm like, well, no, nothing's wrong with me because I'm eating this and that's food and that's fuel. But then I go home and I, you know, track it or whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was too much. Now I have to work out for an extra hour tomorrow. And it's just this, to put it for lack of better words and excuse my language, but it's a, it's a complete mind fuck. Like it just, it, it, it's like, once you start developing it, it's so hard to get out of that way of thinking. Um, and with, I know you mentioned therapy, has there been any other things you've personally done as you've been working with your eating disorder? In what way? Um, like whether it's like therapy or, I mean, I know that I, or at least I've heard other like types of therapy or that are out there that people will use, you know, whether it's depression, eating disorders, things like that. Have you tried anything like that? Or has it been mostly like therapy and kind of using the business and, and the foundation to kind of talk more openly about it? How has that been for you? I mean, the business definitely helps. Um, but now that I've also opened up about it with friends and in therapy, um, it's easier to work on it because it's not necessarily the food, it's the, the underlying traumas. Yeah. So um, now that I can talk about it, it makes it um, easier to talk with myself in my head, if that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of the hardest things with mental illnesses, whichever one you're struggling with or multiple. Um, I think the first phase is where you're just really questioning yourself. Like, do I really have an ED, for example, or am I just crazy, but I'm eating this? Or and even with anxiety, you just start overthinking everything. Mm -hmm. And um, with depression as well, like, okay, maybe I'm crazy for feeling this or, yeah, it's just a battle with yourself, questioning your own worth. And um, I think once you accept that you are struggling with something, then you can really start distinguishing the, you know, the unhealthy voice from the healthy voice. And I think that's when your recovery also starts. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and I think that something that you said, you guys are just breaking stigmas all over the place of like the, the things that people think when they're not going through it, or if they are going through it, like you said, you weren't underweight. So how could you have an eating disorder? And I think that there's a lot of things out there. Like one of your TikToks specifically that stood out to me was like, people see you eating. So they think, you know, she can't have an eating disorder. She's eating food. And it's like, there's so many things like that out there. And I think that that's why it's hard for even some people who have EDs to come out about it because they're like, oh, well, this doesn't fit the same. And I haven't been diagnosed. And a lot of people who have EDs have not been given that label. They haven't been diagnosed with it because I think that it's harder than it seems. Like some people think it's easy to slap that sticker on there and be like, well, you have it. But I think that it's harder to come forward and it's harder for people to diagnose because it could be combination of depression and ED or anxiety and ED or whatever. Like you said, you could be struggling with multiple things at the same time. So I think that that's huge. And I think that breaking those stigmas of what people think, because maybe one of their friends is struggling, but they are like, oh, well, she eats, she's fine. So I think that even if they don't have it, I think it is helping other people to recognize that too. So I just, I wanted to point that out that I love that you're doing that kind of stuff. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> And I know we talked a little bit about this kind of throughout so far, but in terms of like people reaching out to you guys based on TikToks, Instagram, things like that, how has that response been for you guys? And, and especially with getting so big on TikTok, how has that been like the positive side of things for you guys? It's crazy. Good, crazy. Yeah. Um, but never, ever did I think that it was going to turn out like this. And it's just um, amazing that we get so many comments or people uh, messaging us. Um, on the other hand, it's also really a sign that there are so many people out there who, you know, have been struggling for so long, um, which is exactly why we're here. Um, yeah. But sometimes, yeah, it, it also makes you a bit sad. 
Um, but then, you know, quite quickly, I can also tell myself, okay, but that's why we're here and we're here to help those people to make them feel heard. Um, but it's, yeah, we got so many, well, replies on TikTok, but also messages, DMs on Instagram, uh, tons of emails. It's, uh, it's a lot. And that's also why we need so many people to help us. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just growing and growing. And that's uh, amazing because um, I think in the beginning, it was, I, I, I was doubting, like, do I want to make this a business or is it just going to stay a project on Instagram? And then we were just in that phase where we were seen, but I didn't really feel like people actually saw us. And it's still a big struggle today because there are so many people who still think that they don't need foundations or charities like Let's Break the Shame because they can figure it out themselves, whether it's managers or people at schools. Um, so besides all the cool stuff that we do every day and uh, the positive thing comments that we get from uh, individuals, uh, we still have to fight a battle ourselves every day to um, constantly pitch ourselves and tell other people why we're relevant and why they need us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's sometimes that's tough as well. Sure. I mean, it's, 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 sometimes the work of getting out there can be just as hard as kind of the work you're putting out there. If that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Um, I always, this is my favorite question to always ask us. So what are three things that you're grateful for today? Well, first of all, this podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I'm very happy to be here and I'm very happy that uh, we showed up on your TikTok for you page. <laughs> um, I'm also very grateful for, um, my friends and family and, um, yeah, the friends I'm really close with because they really, uh, they're always there for me and I didn't always have those friends. Um, and yeah, maybe this is an easy one, but I'm very grateful for Let's Break the Shame because it's, yeah, it's amazing to help people. And I know I really missed it back then. So I just hope that we can offer the help that we all missed. So yeah, I think that's important. I think like, that's what me and Mary like to sometimes look at our podcast, like some like sometimes I wish I was listening to these conversations that we're having with our guests when I was younger mm -hmm. and so like I hope we can provide that to today's generation that is going through maybe some of those same things that we went through when we were younger and had no idea who to listen to or turn to or you know I mean the internet was not what it was <laughs> when we were oh, younger no. no definitely not <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely want to send your information over to my company because I think that we could benefit from using Let's Break the Shame. So where can our listeners find you if they're listening to this and they're like, I should send that over to my HR? They can go to letsbreaktheshame.com um, or they can also find us on Instagram at Let's Break the Shame or even TikTok at Let's Break the Shame. And they can always send an email to May at letsbreaktheshame.com as well. Awesome. Perfect. And we'll have that all in the show notes as well. Um, I think that if anybody's listening, I highly recommend, I'm not even kidding. I'm going to send all your information over to our HR department and be like, <laughs> I think that we need this. <laughs> so in the job that Mary works in, I used to work there. It is a very stressful environment. Yeah. So I truly think that someone like you coming into that environment could be extremely beneficial to their employees because that is the reason I left. Because it was just yeah. too much mentally for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, thank, thank you, you so much for being on here. I think that if anybody's listening, I again, I think that going to just, even if you're not dealing with any mental health issues or things like that, I think it would benefit so much by going to your pages just to find out because maybe your friend's going through something or a family member or something like that. And just to understand it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you so much in your time and thank you for working with us with time zones. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. No, thank thank you. you so much for inviting me. Of course. Really Good. Yeah. We're excited to share you with our listeners and just this is a, a topic we haven't touched on as much, especially the eating disorder side. So like me and Mary have talked about it here and there, mm -hmm. but we haven't really gotten to anything with guests yet. So I'm very excited to just share some more information and especially for people who maybe are struggling and haven't 
had that conversation with themselves mm-hmm. yet, help yeah. open that up so that they can start to work with themselves instead of against themselves. So thank you. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Of course. Wasn't that a great conversation? I thought you were <laughs> going to know where to go with that. <laughs> Holly made me intro this outro. <laughs> um, no, that was seriously such a great conversation. Um, May has such a different energy than I feel like a lot of people that we've spoke with. Mm-hmm. And something that Holly brought up yesterday after we had finished the interview is that we speak so quickly and she actually takes her time and like thinks about the things that she's saying, whereas yeah. we're just like, yeah and I've noticed that like when I was traveling abroad like back in 2012 I noticed that then too like I feel like a lot of people from other countries just speak a little bit slower not always but oftentimes speak a little bit slower um I think one because so many other countries aren't just like so go 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 like America is it like we're always on a rush to get it out so we can move on to our next thing Mm -hmm. um but I just feel like other countries sometimes people from other countries also think before they speak. And I don't think that's a as common of a thing for Americans. Yeah. We just kind of open our mouths, yeah. um, which, you know, live and you learn. But I was just like, as we were talking yesterday, it was like, anytime it came to me and Mary to ask a question or we were adding something to what May said, I was like, I felt like we were like, blah, 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 like jibber jabbering along. And then, mm-hmm. it, you know, we'd throw it back to her and it would be like, <sighs> And like she would just come into it and it would be like this like refreshing pause. And I'm like, yeah, I do that. <laughs> and just everything she said was just like so thought out. And so like, I, there was just so much behind it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Whereas like, sometimes I'll just start talking and I have no idea like where I'm going with it. <laughs> Cause I didn't think about it before it came out. Yeah. And you guys clearly know that because you listen yeah. to our episodes and know <laughs> that sometimes yeah. we start going and then we're like, um, I don't know what I was going to say there. Not sure what the <laughs> was, like, that was. Yeah. But I think it was really cool to talk to someone who is educated on the topic um, that we so often find ourselves talking about with all of our guests. Yeah. And it was just a refreshing change of pace. I feel like to talk to someone who is trying to change this, like actually has a foundation mm-hmm. to make a change and to like her foundation is called like break the shame of coming forward and saying like there may be something wrong or like breaking the shame like we've talked about it before um I think you brought up a Gilmore Girls reference last time when you were like oh going to a shrink where it was Mm -hmm. like not an okay thing to do and there was such a stigma behind it and I think that what May said was that it going to a therapist can be seen that way sometimes still like it's shameful to admit that there's something there or to admit that you're going to a therapist and that's what they're trying to break is that it it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to get help for that yeah and that so many of us are in that spot like Mm -hmm. there's so many people more people suffering with like mental health especially you know in this last year or two with everything that has happened with the pandemic um miss panorama has really shown up for a lot of people and tested your you know the mental health so yeah. especially in the you know this last year and a half if you really feel like it's beneficial for you to get a therapist or see some type of specialist or you know mm-hmm. whatever the may, the case may be for you individually you know don't don't disregard your thoughts or think well I'm, I don't I don't want to be crazy or, you know, I don't want to have an eating disorder, whatever it is that you're struggling with, like know that so many of us are struggling right now. And it's only going to help you if you take those steps, especially getting that help right now in such a still very tough time for many people. Mm -hmm. And another thing, like another call out to in in a similar sense um, with like EDs, it is also hard to realize that you have one sometimes. Mm-hmm. And just because you don't have that label of like, you got diagnosed with an eating disorder does not mean that you don't have one Definitely. or that you can't have one. Definitely. And I think that a lot of what we talked about is just, I mean, Holly, you said that you, um, you realized late in your teens like that you did have anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and things like that. Whereas May had had someone approach her about it when she was 13. Right. But she said, even though it was 13, like now that I know so much more about it, 
I can see that I had those, you know, or even earlier signs earlier. Yeah. yeah. And I think that a lot of us can look back now that we are dealing with these things and be like, oh, this has been happening like my whole life. Or, yeah. you know, these are things that I've Longer struggled with. Yeah. like prior and so I think that even now like you might be in a place where you don't think that that's happening Mm -hmm. um and maybe in a couple of years you'll look back and be like oh yeah this is actually when it started like from the panorama you know (laughs) like from something else like I think that we so often think that we can't have things because they haven't been diagnosed yet yeah um I'm not saying to self-diagnose like I do with everything because I'm a hypochondriac but I do think that if you're struggling or even if you don't know if you're struggling to maybe go see someone, Holly and I are huge advocates for therapy and that therapy can be good for everyone. And who did we just talk to Callie or no, that's her the, the, the start over We're both on top of things today. <laughs> um, who just said it? I'm trying to think of who just said it um, about how sometimes therapy is not even to treat something or to like the event session sometimes it's ways to cope and it's ways to Mm -hmm. just get through life so it doesn't mean that you have to have something wrong with you quote unquote like you can go to therapy because you just need that third part like that outside person Mm -hmm. to hear you and help you and help you work through things um it could just be like stress at work it could be you know a relationship where it's not bad, but you want it to be better. Like right. it's, it's ways to help you Improve. see how you work essentially. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. sometimes I don't know, like in certain situations, like I think that that's where judgment comes from because you'll judge someone based on like how you think that you would do it, but you've never been yeah. in that situation. Exactly. But then once you are stuck in that situation, it's like, you have no idea how to handle it exactly. because now it's yours. And so I think that I think therapy and I'm actually looking into getting a therapist. And I know that I've said that previously, but I'm actually very much so considering it now because I've been going through a lot of like stress and things like that and have a lot of reoccurring issues with that. Um, So I am looking into therapy now. And I think that even if you aren't going through something, therapy can still help. I think that there's things that maybe we don't know. So yeah, I think therapy can benefit literally everybody. Mm-hmm. agreed agreed yeah um you don't have and, to have like a, a mental health issue to need a therapist basically. yeah it was cammy i was gonna ask you i was gonna say was it cammy because i was trying to think okay who have we talked about therapy you know in that sort of stuff yeah. with? and i was like i think maybe cammy it was cammy cammy said that she had gone just to learn how to like cope with things and how to react to things and be reactive and things like that. And I just think that that's such like that stuck with me so much when she said that. So definitely. I love that. I love that. So yeah, we really hope you guys took something away from this episode. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you work in a company or anything like that, where you feel like may and, and let's break the shame could help, you know, definitely reach out to them. Like she was saying, it's still definitely something that they're coming to a struggle with, with companies Mm -hmm. seeing how beneficial their help can be. Um, or if you work in a school, like I do too, you know, like she said, they do schools and universities Mm -hmm. and stuff too. I think that topic and opening up that conversation is so important with employees, students, every, you know, everyone of the like. So, you know, if that's something that you feel like could be beneficial at your whatever, you know, make Mm -hmm. sure to reach out to her and open up that conversation, be that, be that door, maybe to your HR of why this is important. Um, and yeah, with that, like, I'm just so grateful for May for what she's mm-hmm. doing, what she's sharing in this world and really for creating this, this charity and this foundation to yeah. help break the shame of, of mental health. Yeah. I think this is amazing. And like Holly said, if you think that it could benefit someone, please send it along and it'll all be in our description notes. Um, and if you're listening from Amsterdam, like put a hi like a welcome. comment hi and welcome yeah and put a comment like on our instagram or like let us know that you're listening because i think that that's so cool i i just think that we're like breaking into like a whole different world it's so cool but with that <laughs> um where can they find us on instagram holly yeah so you can find us over at get fitty with the pod or if you have any questions feedback etc you can email us at get fitty with it pod at gmail.com 
And make sure if you feel like this episode could help a friend or a family member, make sure to share it with them. Like show your gratitude by sharing this episode, or if you mm-hmm. think they're struggling um, and maybe they're having a hard time admitting it, maybe this is something they can just kind of use for themselves. So share this with a friend if you think it would benefit. That's how we grow the podcast. And that's how we continue to support you guys and have amazing guests like May on the podcast. So with that, we hope you guys have the most amazing and beautiful week sending you all the good the vibes and love and as we always end it take us out mary bye